How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, and as always, I'm joined by Frank Madden, and we had a very joyous week uh, in the middle there. I, I got to make a, a highlight package for Giannis hitting a game winner in Madison Square Garden, and everything was wonderful, and the Bucks were on their way to going over 500 and never looking back, and... Then the weekend happened. Um, they lose 116-111 to the New York Knicks on Friday, a game that they led by as much as 18 in the second half. And then on Sunday, they lose 107-101 to the Washington Wizards. And, yeah, they're 500 again. They're 18-18. and And now they go to San Antonio and... Ugh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not a great... It, it wasn't a great weekend, Frank. I don't even know. It's just it's uh, it was a frustrating weekend to watch those two games. Go Packers! Yay! Woo! <laughs> um, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, well, I guess fortunately for uh, Bucks fans, since many of us are also Packer fans, we have at least something to um, dull the pain of um, a pretty disastrous weekend in the grand scheme of things. We we've talked all all year about the importance of winning games against Eastern rivals and, um, you know, Friday night coming off, um, a, a hugely euphoric win that as we discussed, kind of papered over really a not terribly good performance to New York, but Giannis with the game winner, uh, I thought they would come out motivated and, um, ready to play on Friday night, especially with a, a national TV audience at home. Um, and they did, right. They played two yeah. good quarters, maybe, didn't have as big a lead going into half as they could have. Um, but starts of quarters were just a disaster kind of and, and have been for um, a while now um, and was a point of emphasis today. We will, I think, maybe talk about uh, Jason Kidd's comments after the game. He was not happy. Um, but the third quarter uh, against the Knicks, 15-4 to four run, I think it was. I think it was basically the same margin uh, against the Wizards on Sunday. But to me, I mean, the Knicks losses are really the back breaker because you know again you had so much momentum so much positivity you had um of nearly full house against the knicks and to come out and to build a huge lead what was it 18 at one point yeah in the second um, half and then to you know blow that choke it away down the stretch um you know Giannis looked like he was gonna have another monster night in that first half i think he had 16 points early in the second quarter and then, um, you know, had arguably one of, one of his worst uh, halves of, of the season in the second half. I think he was four out of his last 14 from the field. And, you know, Porzingis really stole the show in the fourth quarter, although he, he fouled out. So I think that to me is the, the really disappointing one is that loss on Friday. And, you know, we, we always do our, our attendance shaming and telling people to go to games. And they, mm-hmm. they got an entertaining game. But unfortunately, um, you know, the Bucks did deliver. And on Sunday, a bit different circumstance with Giannis sick. Um, 
you know, I, I kind of all bets are off, I think, when Giannis isn't playing. But, you know, kind of again, I mean, they they started off actually better than they have in many games, um, had a, a solid lead at half and, um, you know, just really ran out of juice in the second half. And again, um, poor play down the stretch and, you know, just just couldn't uh, couldn't find a way to pull out a win. And now they're out of the playoffs for, for now. Right. And yeah. Lost the tiebreaker with the Wizards. So it just sort of goes to show if you don't take care of business at home, the Bucks now have a worse winning percentage at home than they did last season and the year before. Um, so giving away wins at home is is just a, a tough way to go through life in the Eastern Conference. And I guess you mentioned the Knicks one being a big one, and part of me almost thinks, man, the Wizards one is tough because now you give away that tiebreaker. And again, I know it's tough. People don't love to think like, oh, these games here are important, but... As we've talked about many times, they are important, and to now have uh, three to let the Wizards take three of four, all of a sudden it gets into all of a sudden it gets into the end of the season, and you're looking at a seven or an eight seed, or a six or a seven seed, or an eight or not in the playoffs. Um, those things are going to be important, and it, it just wasn't it wasn't good. And I don't know, it's like you said with the Wizards game today. Part of me, I, I had people in in my mention saying, "Oh, this is an embarrassing loss," and man, how, how do they let this one slip away? And uh, for me, like you said, it, it was kind of difficult for me to get that upset about it because Giannis wasn't playing. Like, okay, the, the Bucks lose one to the Wizards without Giannis. I could see that. Uh, the Wizards are five hundred as well. Uh, they're eighteen and eighteen, just like the Bucks. Um, Granted, they're four and twelve on the road, uh, or now four and twelve. They were three and twelve going into this one on the road. So that you, you really do think this is one you should have, but without Giannis, well, you know that can happen. Uh, and on the other hand, with in that next game, yeah, like you said, it it was really disappointing to see. Giannis and Jabari kind of falter down the stretch because it was another one of those nights where. Jabari has 25 points after three quarters and then doesn't score in the fourth, only takes, only gets two shots, takes two shots, however you want to say it. Uh, Giannis is one for eight in the fourth quarter, three turnovers. And, it, it, I mean, you look at some of those last possessions. He gets a elbow touch with Ron, ba- with Ron, Ron Baker, Baker covering him. And... <laughs> the and there and it's not like it was late clock like there was 10 seconds left on the shot clock when he got that touch and it turned into a fadeaway step back like it's Ron freaking Baker put him under the rim period uh like, <laughs> like that it's as simple as that and then you follow that up with just losing the handle and letting Lance Thomas get a steal and it, it was just it, it was di- super disappointing to see just cuz you do you did you did want to think that okay, maybe that game winner in at MSG gives you a little bit of confidence, makes you makes you think you can do a little bit better there, and maybe that can help out the Bucks in the clutch, who have been terrible, the worst team in the league. They're what a negative twenty four net rating somewhere in that in in clutch time. Like it's it's ugly, um, and yeah, it, it that. That next game was just so disappointing to see, and uh, I do kind of wonder. There, there was a, a little part of me that wondered, man, is that is that step back a bad thing? Because all of a sudden, 
you're going to go to a step back in crunch time against Ron Baker. <laughs> that That isn't something I, I think Giannis would have done uh, a while ago. It, so I don't know. It was, it was just a, it was a frustrating experience that Friday night. Yeah. It, it's the fine line, right? It's, it's being able to, you know, get to shots, you know, difficult shots when you need to and um, balancing that with not getting away from your natural abilities and the advantages that you're going to have. And, you know, to to take that kind of shot and, and you know, you missed other shots, obviously one out of eight, four out of 14 after a five of 17, a five of seven start. Um, you know, the some of them were were layups. You know, he had that one streaking. Um, I think it was from either Jed or Brogdon and streaking down the lane on the break. And, mm-hmm. you know, he just overlays when he was kind of having to extend a little bit. So, you know, I mean, it's like how often does he miss that shot? Not often. Right. Yeah. And, um, another play where Porzingis, you know, altered him once and then blocked him another time on, on the catch. You know, I thought that was a huge kind of momentum changer. Um, that whole, but uh, that whole sequence, cause Porzingis goes, that was what a left wing three from Porzingis. Then Giannis comes down. He affects the first one, blocks the second one. And then the Knicks come down and Porzingis hits that three from, I don't even know how many feet that was. 30 some feet. <laughs> like, yeah. And that was, right. that and was, I think, those were all back to back to back. Like it was possession, possession, possession. And all of that happened. So you're looking at a six points for Perzingis and taking away two from Giannis. So like an eight point swing there. Like it was huge. Yeah. And I think that came right after, was it Snell hit a couple, hit a couple yeah. threes maybe. Yeah. Um, that kind of, kind of like got the lead back out, I think to around seven points, the Bucks had sort of been stiff arming the Knicks for a while. Um, and you kind of felt like, okay, maybe they're going to be able to kind of re-extend this, this lead back out. And then, um, you know, they just, they just never could. And, and to really just, I mean, choke away the final couple of minutes. I mean, you know, it's kind of one of these things. It's like, we can say, oh, well, they're young and experienced, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it's like, they have the worst offense in the league in clutch time. In clutch time, over the last month, I t- tweeted this out. They have the fifth best offense overall, right? They have the thirtieth <laughs> offense in clutch time in that period. I mean, it's there's crazy. no like, they're not the young. They're not a bunch of like eighteen year old kids or something like that, yeah. like, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're talented enough to be not the worst. Um, and you know, there's a lot of randomness in in these clutch you know stuff as well. I mean, look, later that night, the Warriors blow a twenty four point lead, and I saw. Durant's clutch stats this year have been complete garbage. He's like one out of eleven from three, and yeah. you know, like deli type, deli type clutch it numbers or something. No, it, like that. it definitely happens. And it, it happens. You know, it happens. But, um, but obviously, you know, it, it's kind of getting to the point when we're we're moving closer and closer to the midway point of the season, and you know, it's kind of become um, a black mark on on the first half of the season for the Bucks, and you know, you don't get those games back, right? You don't get all these, these win, these, you know, games that you, that you could win that you, you kind of give away. And, um, you know, realistically for last week, I mean, the Bucks go two and two. Um, but I don't think they played particularly well against Oklahoma city. They did scrape the game, you know, a win out mm-hmm. late. So that was encouraging. Um, and obviously we mentioned, you know, the, the fourth quarter against in, in New York, um, overshadowed what had been a pretty lackluster performance against the Knicks team that I think had lost what six straight or something like yeah. that coming into yeah, that game I think straight. so um you know the Bucks are they're not really elevating their game here as as much as you know Giannis has obviously kind of um elevated um certainly perception wise for a lot of people and he's obviously been scoring I mean you know we shouldn't overlook the fact that Giannis went like nine out of 21 scored 25 points and you know after the game we just couldn't you know, help but think that that it was a bad game for him, right? Yeah. Um, 
I mean, it's his baseline has become very high um, on both ends. Um, so that's a positive. But by the same token, you know, um, they absolutely need him to carry to, to be able to pick up the the load late in games. Because as we saw against the Wizards when he was sick, um, you know, they still are are struggling for answers even when you know Greg Monroe does play big minutes late. And um, I think certainly in that Wizards game, Greg Monroe did a lot of good things well. Uh, or a lot of things well. Um, Michael Beasley was was great in the first half, 14 points in eight minutes, then uh, injures his foot. I think it was a shin, shin contusion, contusion they said yeah. after the game. Yeah. yeah, so hopefully it's not that foot sprain that he had that he missed a few games with. Um, 18 after the points game, in 16 minutes. Uh, as I say, after the game, we talked to him a little bit. He seemed to be in good spirits. He said his... Uh, his leg went numb for a little bit where he just like couldn't really feel what was going on in his leg, which is a scary thing to think about. But, um, he was limping around a little bit, but he, he seemed to be in good spirits and thought that he should be fine going forward. So I can't, I don't think it'll be anything crazy, but I mean, anytime you're talking about feet, shins, ankles, knees, etc., on a basketball court, you know, there's, there's always, it's always reason for concern. So yeah, and I think and I think you I think you said the last time he got hurt and he missed a couple of games didn't didn't you say he didn't seem that concerned about it? Yep. Um, in the locker room, and then Correct. of course he misses a couple of games. So yep. who knows with Beasley? He never seems to be too too bothered by anything. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean you know just big picture, it's um it's a couple losses. Um, and and I, uh, you look on the the schedule moving forward, they you know it, it really underscores they've got what a couple games uh, three games I think against Miami. Philly, Philly, um, at home this month. I mean, these are games that like, you know, they need to kind of get right in some of these games because they also have a number of more difficult games with San Antonio on the road, Houston on the road, Toronto on the road. They get Houston at home as well. Um, and you know, I mean, I think everybody assuming that the Bucks would just sort of trend up, up, up. Um, life is hard. (laughs) The NBA is hard. (laughs) An 82 game season is long and, um, there, there is a lot of work to do. And and I guess the thing is, is that I get your point about the offense being fifth overall in the last, whatever period you you chose. And then 30th in crunch crunch time, it kind of just, I think helps, helps highlight that this team is 18 and 18 overall yet. I think the last time I checked, they were eight in net rating. And you you see a team that should be, they should have a better record. Uh, like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm being a homer. I don't feel like I'm giving them too much credit. They should have a better record, period. But they've been so bad in crunch time, so bad closing out games, that the, that record's been uh, sunk down a little bit. And you that is the next step. And you do think at some point they will figure out to win those games. Otherwise, oh, my God, um, I don't know if I'm going to like the future very much. But uh, I, it will get better. But, yeah, it, that that point just seems seems so important to me right now that they they are really really struggling to close out games and it, it just has to get better and I, I think today you saw that again where uh you had mentioned it a little bit but kids post game was uh interesting um he was asked a number of questions and essentially every every answer he gave was well it's my fault 
our team missed close layups or it's my fault that we're blowing these leads it's my fault that we're not coming out strong in the third quarter it's my fault it's on the coach i gotta be a better coach and uh it, it was short and it was uh not particularly helpful to anyone there was no inside gain but it was certainly a situation where i don't know if he's i'm i he's at a point where they're doing it seems to me like he thinks they're doing as much teaching as they can and they're, they're breaking these things down and trying to make it simpler for guys and at some point they just have to do it and today seemed like a, a situation where i was like okay i'm i'm going to say i'm taking the blame here for you guys but you you do need to perform at some point and you could just see the frustration on kids face he just just wasn't happy and then after the game when we talked to talked to Malcolm Brogdon he reveals that they were spending all of practice on Friday working on end of game situations that that was their focus end of game situations and figuring out what to do in those situations and plays they want to run and execution and then they then they do do what they did where and even Brogdon is one of the guys that does it where he has that strange turnover where for some reason he tries to pass it to Parker in the corner and after the game he said I should have called a timeout like that's on me I don't I'm not 100% sure why I did that I should have just called a timeout and we'd have been fine uh but you just see those those execution problems, and you hear that they're working on it, and there there's so often I think people get tired of of Jason Kidd saying, "Well, they're young." They get tired of us saying, "Well, they're young, and this will happen, and these are the growing pains, etc." But I think something that kind of underlies all that is that they are young, and that there you do need to learn how to do these things. But at some point if we keep saying it like at some point it just has to happen and a light has to switch on and sometimes it's difficult to figure out how to get that light to switch on and it's just not flipping on right now malcolm brogdon kerr high 22 points five assists three steals nine out of 15 hit a couple threes um but four turnovers you mentioned the one uh costly one late in the game i mean you know it's only things like i don't think brogdon's turnover cost them the game but um you know look at him as well as jabari parker uh you know, very solid overall line in the box score, 28 points, um, 9 out of 21 shooting, so not great shooting, but hit 3 out of 6 threes, 7 out of 9 from the line, uh, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, a block, 2 turnovers. Um, but, you know, he Jabari was frustrating down the stretch in the fourth quarter. I mean, he had a bunch of looks kind of mid-range that he, you know, he can make, um, but just wasn't paying him off tonight. Um, you know, tried to bully ball a little bit had mixed success with that. Um, and then, you know, also had a, a critical turnover down the stretch trying to run a pick and roll, like throws what basically was like a lob for Greg Monroe, which is like, <laughs> all right, maybe Mal Plumley can catch that pass or Giannis can catch that pass. But Greg Monroe sure as hell isn't catching that pass, which, um, I bemoaned on Twitter, like Jabari just sort of passes without any sort of recognition of like the skills of the player he's passing to sometimes. Like, I always think of it as like the way he like does these tricky dribbles and then kicks to John Henson like 18 feet from the <laughs> basket. Yeah. Um, it's just like all right, that doesn't that doesn't help. Um, and although John Henson now, on top of just generally playing poorly, he's now shooting jump shots, which really is just really topping off what, what his play of late. But um, 
but yeah, Jabari, I mean, I thought this was, uh, you know, obviously he was the guy I was kind of paying to most today. Um, without Giannis, you know, a guy that, that obviously we've talked a lot about trying to see, can he carry second units and carry the team when Giannis isn't on the court? Um, he ends up minus five today, but you know, I mean, he hit a couple threes early. Um, I thought there were signs, you know, his, his unselfishness making plays for other guys. Um, I thought he played well with Brogdon. Um, you know, they, they each had a bunch of plays where, you know, they pass it to one another and then, you know, one's attacking a closeout. Brogdon had a bunch of stuff going to the basket today. Um, I don't know. What was your take on Jabari and, and his performance? Was it kind of fool's gold in terms of his box score stats or, or was there, you know, a lot to like there as well? Honestly, I, I mentioned it to Charles after the game, but I thought Jabari probably had an outside chance at, at 10 assists if a number of guys cash them in like there there was a lot of close looks that guys missed and uh, i know he did get some cheap ones on like brogdon drives where it'd be like brogdon takes one dribble on it was off of like a handoff from jabari or whatever but he was he was awfully close to i think it would have been about 10 assists if the guys cash in the the shots that they should have cashed in and I think to an extent there is some some fool's gold in there, but at the same time, I don't know if we necessarily need to judge that harshly. Like twenty eight, eight and seven with two steals and a block, that's that's nothing to write off in my mind. That that's that's an impressive game from a young player trying to get better. And I thought it was interesting to me that the Wizards saw would so to start the second. To start the second half, the Bucks were running a bunch of stuff for Jabari, and a lot of it was to get him post-ups. And they would run a little bit of action until they got a switch, and then the Wizards would just switch guards onto him, and they were totally content doing it. They seemed totally fine with it. Like, okay, fine, we're going to... That's okay. Like, we'll, we'll let Jabari post up our guards. And the, he kept getting deep, and he would miss some some shots that I think he pretty much always hits. Uh, so, it really, the, I, I think leaving that game, thinking about that game, I was thinking, man, if if even just Jabari has the, let's say he missed two or three close ones, if he has three of those go in and, I mean, two of the assists that he should have had, he gets... The Bucks win this game, and they probably win it pretty easily. Like it, there, there was a lot of points left out on the board, and it there was a bunch of guilty parties in that. J- Jabari missed some close ones. Uh, Greg Monroe missed some close ones. They they just missed some missed some easy ones. And uh, but I guess Jabari's day again. I don't think he's great as a playmaker yet but he he does find ways to rack up assists he does appear to be a willing passer i think he's starting to make more reads um i I think he's starting to understand when guys are going to be open how to get them the ball how to maybe attract a defender to uh help himself make a pass i think that's getting better and I, i think we don't we don't as often see him just put his shoulder down into guys. It's sure it, it did happen once or twice today, but I do think in the last, let's say month or so, I think that's gotten better. And I think that used to be a, a much larger problem. It's still a problem, but not as big of a problem. And I think we're seeing a young player mature and grow and get better. Um, and I mean, 28, eight and seven, that's, that's a, it's a solid day of work. 
Yeah, for sure. And um, for once, also, Otto Porter did not kill the Bucks, which is encouraging because <laughs> Porter has had some some big games against Milwaukee, um, only three of eight. I mean, did have seven rebounds, seven assists tonight, um, but was not quite the threat that he has been uh, in some of these other games. And, and Otto Porter has been really good overall this year, so it's not yeah. like, you know, he's a guy that, that you know, has is, is some ball. disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, not by any stretch. I mean, people are talking about him maybe getting a max contract this summer. So, um, so uh, you know, Javari also, I think, kind of won that that battle, which he, he hasn't in some of these previous Wizards yeah. games. Uh, also, news from today, Matthew Delvadova returns from the hamstring injury, comes off the bench, plays 18 minutes, uh, one out of five shooting, 0 for 3 from 3, including a an ugly uh, one dribble, then air ball three uh, down the stretch. Four assists, one turnover, a plus one though because um, he was going up against Trey Burke for part of that time, and Trey Burke is trash. Um, so that was positive. <laughs> Although Sheldon McClellan friggin' killed the Bucks with eight points, uh, two steals in twelve minutes. So, so that the the fact that they got anything from the bench other than Kelly Oubre, that that is always bad news if you're playing the Wizards, especially today. Um, Question for you. So obviously Jason Kidd isn't happy right now. He seems uh, annoyed with the way that his team is playing and justifiably so. Um, so we assume they're going to go in and, and lose in San Antonio, obviously, on Tuesday. You know, prove me wrong. Happy to see uh, be proven wrong on that. But let's be realistic. Um, so let me ask you next Friday. I mean, we've talked about the point guard position previously being an obvious po- cha- uh, area where the Bucks could have used a change. The injury sort of paves the way for Brogdon to come in, and, and obviously Brogdon has has put up you know good numbers, even if the team hasn't always uh, looked particularly good um, to start games and start quarters with him at, at point guard. Um, John Henson has not played well. His you know offensive rebound rate is a career low. Um, I think his PER is also a career low. Uh, he pretty much is just getting easily outplayed by pretty much every starting center the Bucks go up against, and. And it's just a matter of how quickly you can get to Greg Monroe at, at, on a nightly basis. Um, tonight, he only plays 15 minutes, um, basically gets a J-O-B start, except he did come in for defensive purposes late. So, And quickly, when he did come in, he totally forgot about the guy he was supposed to switch on to, which was just delightful to watch. Yeah, you're right. And and again, you know, Jabari gets it. Jabari gets a screen like, you got to help out Jabari because he's he's not always going to be able to fight through it. Um, so next Friday, do you think John Henson and Malcolm Brogdon will be the starting point guard and center for the Milwaukee Bucks? Or do you Ooh. think that we could see a change by then? All right, Frank, I'm going to lay something on you. So before this game on Friday night, I was talking to, I'm trying to think who, maybe Alex Boulder. Maybe it was Charles. I can't remember who, but I was talking to somebody and I said, you know what wouldn't surprise me if all of a sudden on Sunday we would get a surprise start from Miles Plumley in a John Henson DNP. And they asked why, and I said, well, you got a one o'clock start, you got a Packers game, and then you got a road trip to San Antonio, and then not another home game till Friday. It's the perfect time to do something, let it get buried. And then it doesn't really get talked about because either the Packers win and everyone's talking about the Packers or the Packers lose. There's no big story, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, Giannis is sick today, so you can't really, I mean, you're not going to make any more changes than just trying to kind of deal with that. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if out of the blue, Plumley is starting one of these days. Um, is it Tuesday? Maybe. Is it Friday? I don't know. 
But I, I think that that day is is drawing very near. It, it, Henson just isn't really, I, I mean, just not really doing anything. You look at his stats today, two points, one rebound, two assists, a steal, four fouls, 15 minutes played. It, I, you mentioned his PR being at an all-time low. Um, I believe his rim protection stats are the worst they've ever been in his career. He he is just not finding ways to affect the game right now. And if, for whatever I may have said about John Henson in the past, I do think he's always found he's always found a way to affect the game defensively, whether that is positive or is that good for the team i think that's always been the debate like do the team does the team react positively to him blocking shots like he's always been able to kind of find those things and find the way and do i don't know he's just he seems to wait to find a way to make an impact and for the last two weeks that just hasn't been the case and that's happens to coincide with the bucks playing poorly during the minutes that he's playing um and yeah, I I don't think I would be shocked if that one would happen. Uh, Brogdon for Delhi, I do think Delhi gets his starting job back. I just don't know when Delhi is ready to go for not necessarily a full game, but if you are going to start Delhi, I, I do think you'd probably want him to be able to play twenty five. And I know today the limit was twenty, and he only plays eighteen. So I don't know if he's ready to to go longer than that. Um, I do think you're since you're playing Greg Monroe more, um, you're going to extend Brogdon a little bit to get those Brog Row minutes. Um, but I w- I'll, I'll go I'll go with the Plumley start. So I'll say Henson's out of the starting lineup in the next week or so, um, and I won't. I won't say the same for Brogdon because I'm just not sure how Delhi's injury is going to be and how he reacts to all that. What about you? Yeah, I th- think the um, the random Plumley start and Henson DNP it it feels like that's been in play for for, for a week or two, yeah. and um, I'm kind of waiting to see if it happens. I mean, the the other obvious one would be just to start Monroe, obviously. Which um, at this point, I, I've been you know we discussed the other day. I'm I'm in favor of continuing to bring Monroe off the bench and just, you know, if he's to the extent when he's playing well and Henson's is crap to just stretch him out. Um, but obviously that, that makes it more challenging, especially if you want to get crunch time minutes for Monroe. Um, but I think just in general, again, I, I, I don't think that Monroe is a long-term piece here. And I, and I would like to see if um, you can get the starting five to work with more of a role-playing center. Um, and I think at this point, it's obvious that, you know, Henson's not cutting it. Um, so I think there are arguments for everybody with Henson. I mean, it, like, geez, if you can just play him enough to make somebody think that, you know, you want to acquire him in a trade and you can move him, that that's the best reason I can think of to continue playing with Henson. Um, Plumley, you know, again, I think last year also he missed a lot of time with DNPs early and they dusted him off and he was fine in the second half. Um, I think we're at the point now where I don't think he could be much worse than than what Henson's giving them. And obviously with Monroe, he's he's been he's obviously the most talented guy um, and I think deserves more minutes certainly than those guys. So we'll be interested to see how they kind of balance that because um, so often you just can't afford to keep Henson on the floor, it seems. Um, and Monroe, to his credit, has played well. Um, I think as far as point guard goes, I mean, I, there's no reason for me. I mean, the best reason to start Delhi is like the thing we come back to is Brogdon playing well with the second unit, which 
which is just like the worst possible reason to start a guy in my, in my book. Yeah. Um, you know, Delhi doesn't deserve to start anymore in my book. So, I, I mean, especially coming off an injury, he, obviously he's, you know, it may be a game or two before he hopefully starts playing better, but he hasn't played well pretty much all season with any consistency. So, um, you know, Brogdon's playing well, had a good game today. He's obviously got things he needs to work on, but again, he might be your solution at point guard sort of longer term as, you know, role playing kind of point starter. Um, so I, I think you just roll with that. And I think, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's kind of overthinking it to, to, to play the better, you know, to bring that guy off the bench. And um, uh, certainly at this point, I don't think Daly deserves more than, than 20 minutes. So, um, so I don't know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll say Brogdon continues to start and then um, will be a different, I'll, I'll guess that there will be a different starter um, uh, on Friday, but, but that's, I, I think maybe we're going on a limb. I feel like one of us should have said that John Henson will continue to start because <laughs> there has been there's been a lot of inertia um, with that starting five, and and obviously overall the Bucks have, you know, generally played pretty well, but the starters, you know, have have been underwhelming. So we will see. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with some uh, discussion about the Spurs game and what the Bucks might possibly do to actually win a game in San Antonio, as <laughs> uh, futile as that may seem, but. Spurs have actually lost some games at home this year, so uh, I guess you never you never know. And the Bucks have actually won some games on the road of late. Uh, they're seven and nine on the road, so that's uh, you know they won ten games all of last year on the road, so that's positive. Downside: their record at home is now worse than it was last year on a percentage basis, which again, idea of you know not closing out games and and really giving away uh, games that you could win, and um, we will see how that uh, if that comes back to haunt them. So. For Eric Name, I'm Frank Madden, uh, Locked on Bucks. We we hope we didn't compound your depression. Uh, if we did, just go listen to Locked on Packers. And uh, if you're a Packer <laughs> fan, hopefully that'll make you feel better. But uh, in any case, we'll be back tomorrow. And I uh, hope you guys have a great day.